Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Jackson. And this is James B. And this is Localist Politics. Politics made simple and easy to understand for the common man. Yeah, tonight we will be talking about something that a lot of us overlook because we're not necessarily 17, 18, or freshmen in college, and that's student loan debt. Uh, that is something that is destroying a lot of uh, middle class uh, neighborhoods and families today. Um, I know a lot of people who, you know, they've gone to school, they've tried their best, they tried to do everything that they're supposed to do, uh, graduated from school, and now they have this enormous debt uh, that's over their head that's stopping them from fulfilling the potential that they went to school to get anyway. That's right. I mean, people want to go to, there is a legitimate reason to go to college. There's a legitimate reason that our government wants people to go to college. Uh, as an individual, you go to college because with a bachelor's degree, you make almost twice as much as somebody that just has a uh, high school degree. And uh, the government wants you to go to college, the state government, the federal government, your local government, because you know, educated workforce mm -hmm. is a more dynamic workforce, is better you know, for the economy. I mean, it just makes good sense all around. Which makes me say that if the people that are going to school are going to help the community and help our government and help our nation develop, then we got to find a cap somewhere that allow them to go into school and better themselves and still be able to come out and maintain a common living without coming out of college and now you're in poverty because you decided to get an education. Uh, so I think today one of the things we want to talk to, we have outstanding guests with us today who can kind of tell us more about it because she's living it uh, right now. Uh, she's dealt with a couple of different um, loan agencies. Uh, everybody has their own different program that they work with. Um, and so I'm really looking for her to open it up for us and make it uh, explainable uh, to us that are not dealing with that. Uh, so I think, Dan, what you think? Is it a good time to introduce our guests? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, that, that's, this is important. We want anyone listening to this to, to get an idea of, of the personal nature of, of what student loan debt is and what the, quote, student loan crisis is. It, it's real and it affects, affects us personally. And keep in mind that we tell every child, whether they're black, white, male, female, uh, LGBTQ, whatever, we tell everybody, go to school, get an education, and you're going to have a better life. Uh, I want you to listen to this story today uh, because she did exactly that. Uh, but by going to get an education, it's actually made her life harder. Um, that's something that we need to think about as a society. Um, if we want to promote education as a way out of poverty, then we can't let people go to college. <laughs> and come home to poverty. Uh, so at this point in time, if it's okay, That's fine. with my Great. friend Dan, I'd like to introduce everyone to our guest tonight, Miss V. Hello. Um, and she's going to explain her story from her. So, Miss V, here you go. Okay. Well, um, started out in 2003. This was like August. Um, everybody was going off to college. One friend was going off to Syracuse. Another one's going to Jersey. And my grades weren't exactly bad, but they were kind of... Eh, on the level so I had a choice of um, going out of state or going to a state college and then my dad kept telling me all junior year if you go to an in-state college here in Illinois that um, I'll get a discount so it kind of dashed the dreams of me going to California to kind of be with my aunt and absorb the Silicon Valley scene there or going to Florida or going to like um, one of the HBC, you know, the historic black colleges. So I was like, okay, bam, Illinois. So he said no to Southern. He was unsure about Eastern, but um, it was here at Washington College downtown. So it's a community college. 
and it didn't cost a lot of money. I think it was like at the time, oh three, maybe five hundred, six hundred dollars just for a couple of courses, your basic courses, your intro courses. So I started there. And um it was cool, it was okay, you know. Um it started to get a little bit expensive towards the middle of my uh collegiate journey. And you're saying to yourself, well it's community college. So it's like the first two years, it just seemed like overnight they went from like this simple community college to we're gonna have a coffee bar in the lounge, we're doing this, that, and the other things, like this big Chicago expansion experience that happened in the early 2000s. And to be perfectly honest, that's not the school I wanted to go to. But I was raised by boomers, and I don't have anything against boomers, but it was just like, you know, you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a job. If you're not in college, you get a job. So it was one or the other. So I said, okay, I need to educate myself. I want to be a writer. Um, wanted to do art as well, and I wanted to go to art school. The art school I wanted to go to was actually around the corner from here at Washington College, but it cost more. Right. So I was trying to be like the frugal, cost-effective daughter. You know, I was living in a one-income household. You know, my father had a few stocks and bonds left over from a um, situation with my mother, and you know, this was something that was donated in her memory by her um, her workmates, mm-hmm. and then something that he had saved up for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to try and be like this extravagant collegiate person. I can get a pretty good education right in the heart of the city. So, V, let me ask you this, uh, just to uh, put this in perspective for a lot of people, because I don't want okay. people to get lost right. in what we're trying to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You originally wanted to attend a different college. Yes. But because you were trying to be financially responsible, yes. you decided to go to a school that was closer to school, yes. uh, I mean to home, which yes. was in-state. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, anyone who's going to college... Uh, the state that you live in, any school that you go to in that state, your tuition will be less there than what costs you uh, across the border going into another state. Uh, so from what it sounds like, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, uh, one of the myths that's kind of out there is that uh, college students, people who owe on a student loan, is that they're uh, not financially responsible, that they just blew the money, that they don't care um, about it. But it seems like from the very beginning of your college education and journey, uh, you were being financial responsible by not, A, going to the college that you actually really wanted to go to because of the financial cost. Then I think I just heard you say something about an art school that you wanted to attend, but because of the financial cost, uh, you deferred and went someplace else. Yes. Okay, so she's trying to be financially responsible, all right? So let's not say she don't care. Before she ever took her first day in uh, college, she thought about the financial aspects, okay? Right. Now, um, also at the same time, I was kind of surrounded by people in different classes who kind of saw that financial aid as their ticket to getting, I don't want to say this too negatively, kind of just like their ticket to getting the, the, the cool stuff of the year. Kind of like, you know, I'm going to buy the shoes, the purse, the jacket and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, oh no, I probably shouldn't do that. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I have books to buy, um, scientific calculator, cause that was a new expense. I had to buy software for um, my spreadsheet class. Um, I was trying to allocate the money because that was the first time I was in like a collegiate situation and I didn't realize the books were gonna cost, cost that much money. Yeah. These books, <laughs> and some of them were in incredibly poor condition for what they were asking you know this was a a time before a long time before I had a tablet and was using a PDF 
to purchase these books from like Chegg and other places, I had to cross the street and go to the actual bookstore and purchase these books for 50, 60, 70, 80, and 100 dollars. I think the math book was the most expensive. It was like 150 something dollars and this was every semester. I had to get these books and these uh, Microsoft Office fees and and, and things like that. So I wasn't thinking about shoes and books and stuff like I I witnessed and heard like the low-key fraud going on but I'm like I'm not doing that you know my dad you know he was also um a civil engineer so he worked for the state so I'm like that would be a really bad reflection on him I kind of know how that system works they're watching you spend this money they know what you're spending it on so um I knew better you know it's lucrative you get this check for like four thousand five thousand dollars plus the school takes most of it and you're you're left for like a couple of thousand dollars. I knew you have to buy your books with this stuff. Like my dad was going to help me with some of it, but no matter what college I went to, it went to educational expenses. That was a must. Um, or living expenses. Right, living expenses too. And you were probably, were you living at home? Yes, I was. Yeah. But at one point when I was attending uh, UT Martin about three, four-ish years ago, I was living with my boyfriend in Georgia. So at that time, um, I did need a new computer, which was strictly for educational purposes. Sure. It's an all-in-one HP computer. It was quick. It was fast. Um, use it for that. Books still, you know, educational expenses. And even, like, the food I ate was still within budget. It was like a frugality issue. Like, I was getting help on the side, but the main focus was the government is giving me this money to educate myself. I am not going to use it for frivolous purposes. So if they go back and look at the records, what did she use it for? You can tell I went to Amazon and Office Max, and that was it. That was that was the line. V, did you? What type of understanding did you have with your loan agreement when you first started? Um, when did you get your first loan? I, how about that? Yeah. The yeah. first yeah. loan I got, I'm trying to remember. Ooh, gotta go back. Was after community college. It had to be oh, 2009, 2010 when I went to Roosevelt University. Um, and that was just because there were some costs that couldn't be covered by my dad's income. And at that time, they actually deemed me, um, I was able to actually get into the, the FAFSA system, so to speak, because in the first year when I was going to the community college, apparently he was making too much money, which was confusing for me because I'm like, we're blue collar. So you couldn't get any additional financial aid? No. Like that first year I was not eligible. I filled out the FAFSA and they're like, yeah, your dad makes too much money. Sorry. And I'm like, all right. But uh, when I went to Roosevelt University and the cost of tuition was a steep change. It was well over 3000 plus to go there versus here at Washington College, you know, $800 to like 1000 It just skyrocketed all these charges and activity fees and such like it was a that's when I had to sit down and this was in the days of 56k internet and sit there and read the guidelines and agree to everything and at the time I had a small understanding of the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized loans and you're thinking to yourself okay I can trust the school to lead me in the right direction and for the most part they did they did explain things but um, they weren't really interested in breaking down the situation. And some of that stuff, I look back now, like they were trying to add an extra wing to their 
their building and do these other things and maintenance and stuff. And then they found a way to slip it into every one of our tuition bills. And I kind of felt slighted about it, but I'm like, what can you do about it? You either agree to it or you don't go to school. And like, I was like trying to educate myself and be able to push myself further up on job ladder. And I'm, I'm finding that, you know, when you don't have a bachelor's degree and you're in a big metropolitan city like Chicago, um, they weed you out quickly. Your resume is kind of tossed in the trash. And I was in a situation where, you know, I'm trying to better myself, get back to my community and move out of the house. So I have to educate mm-hmm. myself and uplift myself to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was a little understanding. They had a financial aid office that would explain things to you. But at the time, you know, 20, 21 year old kid, I'm thinking, I, I've got this. I, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I understand this to an extent. And then for my dad, he tried his best to help. He understood a little bit of it. But when he went to college, this was like in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So he went to the University of Texas. This was like 71, 72. So he worked. And paid off his tuition. It was wasn't that much, you know. He didn't call home like mom, dad, you know. So his experience with me experiencing it, he knew a little bit. He understood a little bit, but for the most part, he was like, you know, you're kind of on your own with this. I'll help you. I'll pay you. But let me ask you this: Uh, Do you feel comfortable talking numbers? Understand? Yes. Okay. Uh, And I know it's a while ago, Uh, but the reason why I ask that because I think we want to kind of show the contrast about how things have changed. I heard you speak about when your dad went to college and he had debt and he was able to uh, pay it back. Uh, Just ask, you may Mm -hmm. not know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know or just rough estimate about maybe how much he had to borrow at that point in time Uh, compared to what you had to borrow? um, He didn't tell me. He told me years and years ago. I don't exactly remember. You give us a rough, we just look for a ballpark. Um, it was well under a thousand. Under a thousand? Yeah. Wow. It was well under. And that was just okay. because before he left for college, he was working a job here, mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. So he saved up a lot of money. So he was able to pay right. a lot. And when he realized it wasn't for him and he still had some things to pay off, that's when he got the job at Chicago State. Okay. And that's because they were looking for um, young African-American men to get into these fields that were originally cloistered off, closed off to them. Okay. So they took him under his wing, and he did go to a different kind. He went. He did go to community college like I did, but the state was paying for it. Right. And so they actually kind of took care of some of his debt for him as long as he passed the courses and maintained a certain GPA. Mm-hmm. But um, when I told him how much I had to pay to go to these universities, he didn't. How, how, how much did you have to pay? And I'm sorry, that, that's what we want to get. We want to get the numbers because you said in '71, yeah. he spent a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Um, is what he had to pay back. So I, I want to see the growth. What, what I'm trying oof. to see is how the rate, mm-hmm. the tuition right. that college has raised right. over the years. For me, I roughly you don't have to be most, exact. Okay, if you can just put I, us in the ballpark. Because I I have the total amount completely from all the schools right. and I'm what, trying to break it down. What I'm asking about here is when you first decided <laughs> right. to go to college, your right. first day, um, like what was your paperwork looking Roosevelt like? Roosevelt University, it was like 3000 Okay. for that one semester. Okay. So originally tuition. when you looked at it and agreed to it, mm-hmm. you may have been thinking, well, okay, uh, 
I, I'm going to take this loan, right. uh, but two-year college, right? Right. So you probably looked at, okay, maybe $6,000 right. I have to pay right. back. Right. Uh, was that true? Did it stay at that number or did that number change? Oh, it changed. Over there. It, it changed. Um, with Roosevelt, it seemed like it went up a little bit almost every year I was there. And I was there for like one and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So it started off at like the 3,000, 2,000, 3,000 mark, and it went significantly up. Like It was like 4,000 by the time I left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went to a private college, uh, St. Xavier University in Chicago. And that was worse. <laughs> that was, well, that it, was worse. It's a, it's uh, Step in just a second here mm-hmm. uh, to go back to what James was talking about. Uh, uh, folks like to always read the U.S. News and World Reports for the best cheap college and, mm-hmm. you know and we always hear that every year yeah and i just googled that to uh, to check out what you were talking about there since you started college yes in 2003 or so uh it is basically tripled triple yes. tuition average tuition for an in-state college just like mm-hmm. we're talking about is basically tripled wow since yes. since 2003 now and then so you really go back and look at when your your uh, father was in school uh, yeah, I mean that's that's you know tremendous. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, when you start talking about um, the different you know the different cuts in funding, it used to be he probably got he probably got some pretty good grants. Yes. Pell, you got Pell grants, which are federal grants. You got state grants. There's uh, institutional grants, mm-hmm. and with the exception of the Pell grants. Those state grants and those other uh, institutional grants have all been cut over the last 20, 30 yes, years they have. Uh, to the point now where it's like 50% of the monies that you, and it, it's not, it's when I was in school, I got a Pell Grant uh, the first two years I was in, and it was like free money. It's not, but it's because you don't have to pay it <laughs> Sound back. Sound good. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's not really free, but uh, you got to, uh, but it's great in that it helps you if you're if you're struggling, uh, and you don't have to worry about that. So right. mm-hmm. when we start, right. this is something that we. One of the problems with student debt is that grants themselves have been emaciated yes. by fifty yes. percent over the, over the last twenty or so years. Mm-hmm. What what about interest rates? Have your interest rate changed from your original <laughs> agreement with your uh, borrower? Um, I mean, from your lender till now? Absolutely. Um, even in the switch, um, because I, I forgot who it was, uh, when I was at UT Martin, it was Heartland. Then, um, they combined that with Navient. Navient is the one that had me for a university of, um, UT Martin before I, um, officially came down here. And then Heartland took over for like a year. Um, then Navient got rid of me. They're, they're like, you know, we're, we're giving you something, someone else now. I think it's Aid Venture now. But in the beginning, it was maybe five, six point something. And um, as time changed, all of a sudden, we're up to seven point, eight point. And I believe at this point now, it's 10.7. Wow. Yeah. So it's doubled. Yeah, it has. It has doubled. It's doubled. And that has made it difficult because in the beginning, um, before I, um, and I had to consolidate the loans because it was, it was way too much. Um, in the beginning, it was $25 a month. And, you know, it was a lot to deal with, contend with, and, you know, so little you're chipping off. 
But what my father and I were doing, because he was helping me, I paid a little bit. He paid a bigger chunk. I paid a little, you know, you chip away at it. And then the interest rate comes in, and then it's like this accrued interest, this small amount. It's like you've accrued $4 interest before your next pay, you know, the, the, the payment is due type of deal. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're paying money, take a little bit off, they add a little bit on. And so it's almost like you have to pay in between before that due date. Mm-hmm. And Overwhelming is what it basically is. It was absolutely it's overwhelming. Like, it's like folks with... Uh, you know, credit card debt, and they yes. uh, they're making their minimum payment, or they're trying to get ahead and making <laughs> a little more than their minimum payment, and then they get next month's bill, and it's like you know they haven't done anything. They haven't. They're not barely. They're barely moved. You know the barely moved the marker. Right. And right. yeah, that's that's what that's definitely right. what you know that that's that's the tough part about this. Right. You never see the end. No, and that's kind of what I'm going through now. Um, you know, I understand that the, the main debt that I have is on hold. You know, the, the forbearance, it keeps getting pushed, pushed further and further now. But um, I'm paying off the debt from the last school I went to, which is UT Martin. I've been paying that off since, I believe, ooh, I think 2018, 19. Um, and it started off like, 25 a month it was also 25 a month and I had a job and I got sick and the job I was working at it was making me ill and it was upsetting because I'm like I love this job it's a local company you know good people but I can't work here and that's when my income just and so when that started taper off they called and they, they call and call every day and when they couldn't get me, you know, anybody that I put on the list as the Mexican person, they call them. Yeah. And so now I have family members ask me why are these people calling me about your debt. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot I put you on the list. And I'm scrambling trying to find ways to work through this, put a little money aside, scrape it together, do surveys, uh, basic secretarial work, anything I can to pay it off. And they're still calling. Like, you know, and what got to me was, they finally, I said, okay, I have to face this. You know, I'm not going to pull my debt into this. I went to the school. I accepted this. You know, it is what it is. Interest and all. I'm going to pay this. I'm not just going to run. You know, you can't run off into the night, and I don't want them to garnish my wages because what wages? So um, I finally talked to the customer service guy on the other end, and I will never forget what he said to me because I'm like, he's sitting there. He has a job. He, he's on this job right now calling me, hounding me for money I don't have. You know, I, my job at that time was to try and find work. He says to me, oh, well, you know, because I, I told him I write poetry and stories and stuff. So he says to me, well, if you can get 25 people to donate a dollar to you every month, you can pay your bills. And I laughed it off. I said, okay, we're not we're not going to get crashed on the phone. This guy has your financial future in his hands. He can do any and everything to your account. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, he really thinks it's that easy. I'm in competition. You know, I, I love this small town, but I'm in competition with people younger than me who are kind of getting the jobs that I want. You know, I have a little bit of a cool-ish resume, but it's not really on and popping. You know, and everybody's vying for the same jobs. Everybody's not going to get the same jobs. And some people are kind of holding off the jobs for somebody else. They're just putting the job on Indeed and LinkedIn as a nicety. You know, um, 
I'm at my wits end here. And there are some jobs that I cannot, you know, fulfill. I cannot take and accept because they're bad for my health. I have asthma. So, you know, a job that has to deal with smoke or air particles or specific chemicals and inhalants, I cannot take that job. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm limited here. And the work from home jobs were not in the uptick that they suddenly shot up in during the pandemic. Like the work from home jobs and the, um, the surveying jobs, when the pandemic hit, that's when I found my calling. With, with survey taking, answering questions, being in focus groups, and then eventually going into um, AI detection, uh, evaluation, and evaluation. And that's when I'm like, you know, here I am at a point now where I'm able to pay these bills, but um, at the same time, it's 50 a month, and back then it was 25 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time I'm working, I'm paying off these bills, and I have chipped away a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started at 2000 way back in 2018, 2019. Now I'm at like $658. That's great. It, it is. It's, great. it's a great feeling, but it took a long time to get there, and it was a lot of me turning off my phone because these people started at 8 in the morning. 8 in the morning, call me, and I'm like, I'm on the plan for income-driven repayments. And that's how I got the $25 a month. And then one day, they didn't even care about that. They just kind of circumvented it and said, well, we're sorry, you know, due to changes in the economy, I have to change it. We have to change it to $50. And I'm like, well, what's next? Is it going to be $100 someday? So so let me ask you this. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like before you went to college, you thought about it. Yes. While you was in college, you tried to be financially responsible. Yes. When you got out of college... You tried to work and try to pay off the things, but right. just life kind of yes. kept happening. Yes. So let me ask you this. How did you feel when you heard about uh, the Biden administration's student loan debt mm. relief program? Was that something that you was able to use? Uh, I was actually, to be perfectly honest, I was skeptical about it. Um, mainly because uh, I've, I've kind of been in, I don't want to say a lot of political rooms, and in, in investor rooms, but it's, it's it's more like there's a business in this whole situation of debt, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think that a lot of people are going to let this fly. This is not going to be something that's going to be accepted, you know, as, as a whole. It's exciting, it's interesting, because when they were talking about it, I signed online and went to the Department of Education just to figure out how much I owed, how much would potentially be taken off, and I said, okay, that's still not a lot but it's a start um and I believe the day of and they were talking about what website it would be on where you know I I typed it in and and saved it you know sign me up I said okay we're going to give it a shot we're going to look into this but at the same time we're still going to continue working we're going to find extra work find extra jobs open a savings account put this money away really work on this but um I was skeptical because there have been promises in the past to, to we're going to fix that if you work for a certain department if you if you're a teacher if you're a park ranger I mean mm-hmm. certain state jobs right we're going to pay this up and at, at one point I was thinking about okay I could be a pretty cool park ranger you know I could be a teacher and then someone in the family kind of pushed me away from the teacher's thing like no don't mm-hmm. 
Um, park ranger thing, like a lot of people talking me out of like the different jobs that they said that would help pay off the loans and the state would cover it. And I kind of wish I hadn't listened to them on that. But um, getting back to the, the Biden situation, I guess after being tossed around with refinances and this is going to happen, this promise is going to happen, and you're going to be able to walk out partially debt-free. I'm going to say completely debt-free. Partially debt-free. You know, um, I just, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. I said I was going to give it a shot, but I wasn't really sure. About right, it, you know? right. Let me touch on something that you had just okay. talked about. You talked about certain jobs mm-hmm. that people had told you that you could take that would help knock away uh, some of the debt. Yes. Uh, for our listeners, what uh, Ms. V is talking about, um, borrowers employed by nonprofits, uh, the military, federal or state or tribal or local government, uh the government will wipe away your student debt. Um, and even though this was not something that was able to help Ms. V, uh, for our listeners who may be out there, uh, who may be in college, who may have just came out of college, who may be trying to think of another career path, uh, that may be something that you might want to keep in your bag of tricks to have as a backup plan to help you with trying to pay off uh, student debt. Because uh, for myself, before we talked about doing this show, uh, this is something that I never knew. I never knew that there were certain type of jobs uh, that you could take once you got out of college that would actually help you pay off uh, the debt. So if you're young and you're thinking about what you want to do, uh, just keep in mind, nonprofits, military, uh, federal, state, tribal, or local government, any of those type of occupations will help pay off your student debt. Did you know that when you went into um, school? When I originally went to school, no. Um and to be perfectly honest, that wasn't really my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went into school thinking to myself, I'm going to be a journalist, going to be a writer. Um, that shouldn't cost a lot of money. Like when I, I was, you know, young kid out of high school, you, you see this, this bright, promising future. You think about the finances, but you're kind of like, ooh, I'm going to, you know, straightforward course. I really was kind of green about it, not realizing that there would be twists and turns and different situations. I did know that um, if I took on a job like the one my father had, you know, he's a civil service engineer, that I would get some financial help. So that was a career that I also kind of had on the backboard. And I knew that I'd have to take extra schooling for that because he mm-hmm. had to take a lot of different classes and go to different schools in the area to get his licenses. So, um, I, you know, the, the things that they have in place now if they were available, they weren't talking about them to mm-hmm. us. It was pretty much fill out your FAFSA. If you're eligible, you're eligible. Other than that, you're going to have to get help from your parents. It was pretty straightforward down the line. Uh, if your parents are state workers, you get a discount, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't really talking about... And, you know, there were scholarships, too. Right. And I spent a lot of time uh, in high school, junior year, during the free period in the computer lab, filling out every single scholarship that I could think of and mm-hmm. didn't get any of them but um, yeah if, if those things were available I had you didn't know no knowledge no, no, let, no, me, yeah. let me ask you something else uh, because this is one of the things you know I've kind of been trying to play with this I've listened to some of the pros then I turned over to this other network we're not going to talk about it we just solved the cons mm-hmm. uh, with it and one of the things that I've been hearing that I think is a big pro is it says that under the uh, student loan debt relief their borrowers will pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly. Uh, do you think that would help? Do you think, or could you 
roughly tell us about how much of your mm. uh, income were you, were you paying? Do you think that your debt took more than five percent of the income, your monthly income, sometimes? And did that make it <laughs> more difficult to maintain your day to day? At the time, uh, when I was first paying it off, it was. It was at the five percent. It was. It was just about oh, at the five. Okay. Uh, at this point in time, since my current job pays a little bit better, it wouldn't be a problem, and I also have additional income that I could add on to that okay. to help pay for it. Um, so it, it really wouldn't be a problem. But it was mainly back in the day when I was having trouble finding work that it would have been problematic, or at, at the least, it just wouldn't have been very helpful. I would have found a way to get the money, you know. I job, secretarial work, but now I feel a bit more comfort with the job security behind me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was uh, looking for, was that security to be able to pay this off. I didn't want to hold on to this debt any longer because it also affects my credit. And when it begins to affect my credit, things I want to do in the future would not happen because, you know, a FICO uh, score how many, is plummeting. Well, at this point, so you think at this point you're in a stable position yes. with your student loans? Yes. How many years do you think you still have? I mean, just just um, if everything stays the same. For the main loan, I'll probably be paying that off for the rest of my life. For the current yeah. loan that I can cover, right now, I feel like I have about like a year or so left on that one. If I also add a little bit more extra to cover the incidentals of the uh, interest. Because that, that's starting to increase as well. At first, it was like 4 $5 here and there, and now it's like 5 6 $7. Each month, like Each. increase? Yes. That the wow. interest yeah. goes up on it? Um, or the payment goes up? Oh, you said the payment. The payment. Because wow. like in between payments, every week, and I've, I've noticed this on the app on Sally Mae, like every other week, it's like, okay, we're going to add $4 to this. We're going to add 5 6 I'm like, why? Why? So that, is, that is the big one that you've got? Uh, that's a little one. Oh, little the, one. Big kahuna. How, how does that make you feel? Because I heard you say a minute ago that your large one that you may be paying off for the rest of your life. The Yeah, that one I don't quite... <laughs> and I have to laugh because I don't quite care for that one. That one is the one that I had to refinance and consolidate. Is it... Let me get an idea of what mm -hmm. kind of loans those are. Mm -hmm. uh, were they... Well, I know they're student loans, but were mm -hmm. they federal loans or were they like from federal the government, federal back loans or were they like um, private bank? Federal. Or, so they are federal? The majority of them are federal, yes. Okay. Well, I mean, that would be one of the good things about the Biden uh, program. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it was only for federally backed loans. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, whereas, and, and so, you know, people were getting all tore up about, you know, the federal loan forgiveness, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. it really wasn't that that much of the $1.7 trillion in student right, loan debt. <laughs> it was about 600, I think, like 40, 40 billion or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, when you're talking about 1.7 trillion, that's right. like, that's that's like a, bigger than the gross national <laughs> product of like many countries. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a right. huge, it's, it's, it's twice what our credit card debt is, you know, mm -hmm. 1.7 trillion. So, I mean, it, it is good to to know yes. that in, in your situation that you might be able to qualify for some some of this if they can get it passed. Right. That's, that's I mean, that is thing. the key, what you're talking about. You know, obviously, you know, you're like, yeah, sure, sure, this is going to happen. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how, you know, I, I remember, uh, I remember, like, 
and I don't age myself, I'm very old, in like 1990 or 91, uh, the president at that time made his State of the Union address, and that was one of the things he said he was going to do that year, and I was a Republican, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't right. cut any any. They didn't do any kind of deal with the student loan. I was like, man, I'm going to get out from under this, yeah. or some of this anyway, and I didn't do it. That's kind of what I'm afraid of. Yeah, is yeah, going to happen. I think I would know, be too. Um, kind of this promises promises deal and a lot of people are dealing with this debt even people who have um better jobs than i you know in in my own household my my aunt and i we talk about it over coffee like we laugh about it but it's kind of painful situation but it's like you have debt i have debt too oh oh my goodness it's like a laugh or you're gonna cry kind of thing right and um She's going through the motions of, of, of reading the different papers and understanding her debt. And I'm just telling her, like, you know, I went on the website. Because I, I tell her all the time, I've gone to this website like five times. The website knows who I am. I don't even have to type in the login and information anymore. Just to look at the big circle, the percentages, the, the, the pie chart of where I am, how much I'm paying off. And she's doing the same thing. She's right across the hallway from me with Mohella. You know, I'm I'm Aid Vince. She's Mohella because she's a retired teacher. Wow, she's a retired teacher. Yes, yes. And she's still paying yes, off. Yes. Holy yes. She, um, my aunt has been teaching since the early '90s. So she she went back to school, uh, got her degree, teaching degree. She was teaching in Chicago for a little bit. Came down here, and she's been teaching uh, adult education, kindergartners. She's a pre-K. She was a pre-K teacher. She retired. She's been paying off her student loans the whole time. Oh wow! Gosh. Yeah, diligently. Wow. And she's been my example of you know paying them off, putting it within your budget. You know, uh, she and my father both have been the ones kind of showing me how the way how to do it. And I was surprised when she told me she's paying. I'm like, I thought I was going crazy and, and you know she's not struggling <laughs> as much as I am but she's still going through those same I said you graduated in you know I'm not gonna wow. say when she graduated no, but you know you. The, 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 uh, the, the first wing is my, is most of your debt uh, this the big chunk of debt mm-hmm. uh, was there house living expenses I mean that's a big the, the uh, college, college college student Loans mm-hmm. or college student expenses. Yes. You know, you got tuition. Yes. And then you got you got your books and your expenses, and then your living expenses. Because yes. if you know, if you get, if you go, you know, on campus and live on campus, you're you're paying for meal tickets and yes. you're paying for dorms, yes. and that's that's huge. Surprisingly, no. Oh, really? Yeah. So most of yours is tuition. Yes. Wow. Uh, the the additives in those bills and to this day I'm still trying to figure out the uh, lab fee for some of them uh, I did take a few courses where a lab was a part of the, the learning experience I'm mean, supposing that they're also including the computer lab okay so it's fees yes you got tuition then you get yes. extra and, added fees yes and then at some point um, the activity fee yeah what's the activity fee I still don't know <laughs> and they wouldn't tell me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, what? What? What activities? I come, I commute. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was when I was in Chicago, I was taking the red line to and from. So I'm like, what activities? I'm pretty much a straightforward person. Go to school, 
do the work, go home. Now, did you know about yeah. these add-ons before you um, agreed to the loan that they could pop up, or is this something that just kind of happened they, after you got into the process? They list them um, on the bill before you agree to the loan, so you read them, and um, it's kind of like a do-or-die situation, so you have about, I believe, a week or so to agree to this loan before your place is, is taken up on another student, you know. So, a lot of pressure, right? And I'm thinking to myself, well, um, at the time I couldn't Google any of this information because Google wasn't really as helpful and expensive as it is now. Um, when you try and talk to the financial aid office, sometimes they're not even in the office, they put you on hold and they're attending to other students, so they don't have time to sit down and speak to you about what this fee is, what that fee is. They just say, Oh, it's for school. And if you're in the school, you're a part of the community, part of the family, and you know. So you gotta pay this extra. Right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I wanna go to this school, I wanna educate myself, I have to agree to this. Well, part of the, part of the deal with this, this, this student loan crisis mm-hmm. has to do with, ex- is really, uh, has to do a lot with what you're talking about right yes. there. Yes. Because how it, how it all really how it started was the state started cutting mm-hmm. how these increases have started is that states started cutting money and then uh and like by you know in some cases a lot of money right. uh and so then the federal government uh started picking it up mm-hmm. and uh, pick and then they started loaning out more money and then the but then the schools they started building more buildings, and they go. started, <laughs> and they started doing and I, a great example of that. Now Tennessee is actually better than most, but if you go up to like if you go to Murray, like Kentucky is not Kentucky is one of the op- Kentucky is definitely one of those states that just cut, you know, cut the and and so they encouraged uh, people to get you know students to get federal loans, and then. If you go to Murray and take a look at that campus, and I went to school there, I'm proud of Murray State, but that campus is beautiful. Yeah, they nice built nice. buildings, yes. they built crazy amounts of buildings in the last yes. 20, 20 years. Yes. During when all this is going on. And, you know, that's a very that's a very real deal. Those yeah. those notes have to be paid. Those are mm-hmm. millions yes. m- millions and millions of dollars worth of buildings. Yeah. Right. The, who's paying for that? Well, the student loans. The student loans are. Yes. And who's paying yes. for that? Or who's loaning that money? Well, guess what? Me and you're loaning it because that's the federal government is doing it. And, and uh, I mean, they're really unfairly putting it on you to pay those notes at 10%, right. you know, 10% uh, interest, which nobody's paid 10% interest uh, up until recently mm-hmm. uh, since the 80s. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's a very, very real problem, and it's, it's been caused by the colleges just saying, "Hey, the federal government's gonna bail us out. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna keep loaning it to these kids who can't afford to to pay for it." Bam, and that I think Ooh. is the hugest problem. You know, I think when they're sitting there, also they're looking at the financial information from these different families. Uh, it's just telling them, "Okay, we got to put a cap on this thing. This is how much." Uh, this person make this is how much their parents make. We're not me by that. You got two generations right there. This is the income of this household. Okay, let's say on a best day, I'm making this number of people, uh, this $80,000 household. That, that anything over $80,000 is going to... $80,000 a year. A year. Household. Yeah. is going to start pushing this family into poverty. They're not going to be able to maintain paying more than that all. But then yet, 
they go out and, and I'm, I'm assuming I hear you say you got a debt that you're probably gonna have for the rest of your life. Uh, I've heard little uh, numbers <laughs> uh, come from some people. I've heard some people say that they think they almost owe hundred thousand dollars in yeah. student debt. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I feel like the government became they, they didn't take responsibility. They could have looked at the numbers and said, "Look, that's too much money to give this person." $90,000. If we get this person $90,000 and what they go into school for, even if they graduate, even if they're working in the best uh, location uh, for, for their employment, at the max, they're going to make $40,000 a year. That's their max. They, they never going to make more than $40,000 a year. Then how are you expecting to pay off that loan? Right. 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 At, at some point in time, you got to come and say, okay, uh, We'll loan you. You may ask for ninety thousand dollars, but they say, "Look, we give you thirty thousand dollars." Yeah, it's they, there needs because to be more responsible. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it needs to be more responsible. I don't even know. I'm not even sure what side of the line we're on right now. You know, as far as mm-hmm. you know, all politics is or politics is local, and local is politics. Because I mean, all we're we're talking about is being responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you know that that is that's irresponsible government. Yeah, on, on both sides. Yeah. On, on, on the Democratic side and the Republic side. And, uh, you know, one thing that we talk about in local politics, some things are bigger than politics. Uh, and one thing is our children, right? All of us have kids. We have family members. We all want the best. Uh, as a society, we've decided that the best future for our kids comes through uh, their education. Uh, we cannot continue to sit back and let education be what derails them. That the education by them doing what we told them to do, now they in a debt. Now they got a debt they can't uh, pay off. Uh, but yet, you know, we, we find out ways to bail out banks, right? Exactly. We, yes. we bailed out Wall Street. Uh, you remember that thing? Too big to fail. Bailed you out. Know? <laughs> we bailed out GM and we bailed out. Chrysler. Bailed out GM. You know, all these multi multi uh, million dollar companies, right? Companies. So you don't really have a personal connection to this company that's in another country sometime, another state that you don't have nothing to do uh, with, uh, we're buying them out, right? But we don't want to help relieve student debt and give some of our people a chance. When I say peop- our people, I'm not talking black, I'm not talking white, I'm not talking Democrat, I'm not talking Republican. I'm talking the human race. It's all across the board. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I know people... Uh, in every segment of society who have student debt. Mm-hmm. I know lawyers here in Paris, Tennessee, who have uh, student debt 20 years later. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it, it is, it's everybody, and they need to be, if they're going to loan the money, they need to be more responsible, mm-hmm. responsible on how they do it and the safeguards that they, they put on it. Place. And the, I mean, it's a known fact. If, if people do not graduate, with a degree that that the percentages are way much higher that they're going to default on this debt. Mm-hmm. So if you know that, as a as someone who loans, as an entity that loans money, then you need to put on safeguards to help keep help those people not default on debt. When right. you were going through your time when you didn't have, you know, you were out of work and you were looking, but you know you weren't able to. Instead of hounding you, that there ought to have been a way to put a hold. On that federally backed funding, and a federally backed loan, and allow you, allow you a, a grace period, 
for you to get back on your feet. Right. Because who does it help if you default on it anyway? It doesn't right. help anybody. Right. And, and, and the thing about that, you should listen to this. The very same group that's complaining about this, right? Think about it, people. We the people paying it back, all right? Because the federal loan, they're going to take it out of our taxes regardless, right? Re regardless. So I like my money. I, I try to spend as much of my own money as possible I, I possibly can. Uh, I don't mind on helping my fellow man. But at the same time, you got to put in a situation to where they can better they self. If we helping them for this, a little bit of the burden, only for a certain amount of time, but we want to put them into a situation to where they can be self-sufficient, where they can pay it off for their self, right? So we need to come up with programs and ways now that can help them while they're in school, when they're fresh to get out of school. And we need to think about, well, what if this person graduate and they don't get a job? right away how much of a grace period are we willing to give them before we start raising the interest rate on them uh if the economy changed lord forbid uh think about how COVID came around and it changed the world you know uh some things will never go back to that uh life-changing events like that does that affect the loan you know do we give them a way out and, and you say well we don't want to forgive the loan okay then keep paying the loan Right, the the people who actually borrowed the money cannot pay the loan back. Right, we keep raising the interest on, and we mad at them. Pay it back, pay it back. You can't pay it back. But guess who's paying it back? <laughs> Why they can't pay it back? Exactly. Us. Exactly. So if we have an opportunity to come up with a bill, to come up with some legislation, to come up with some type of relief, I'm for it. People on both sides of the aisle. It's another situation yeah. where people on both sides of the aisle ought to come together and make something, do something make responsible. Something happen. Yeah. That to to I mean, it's 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 not it's not black or white. It's not blue or red. Mm -mm. It is it is a real problem that needs to be solved by real adults. Mm -hmm. You know that affects every American, right? Whether you in college or not, right? Because we all pay taxes. You pay taxes on everything that you do. All right, the government is not going to just write off. This student loan debt. They make us pay for yeah, it. It's going to be paid for. One <laughs> yeah. or the other. Right. We're going to pay for it. Uh, but it is politicians' responsibility to do something about this because guess what? Some people with student loan help get you in office. That's exactly right. Right? It, it's not like people who got student loan, now they're not another part of uh, society. They go out, they work, they pay taxes, they have children, they have opinions. You ask them for they vote, right? Okay. So when you get into office, don't you think that you should do something that would affect your people locally? And student loan affects everybody. That's true. V, yes. thank you so much. Thank you for having for, me. For explaining your situation, yes. which is a very common situation. Yes, it is. And uh, people who are removed from this needed to hear that. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much. This is Local with Politics with Dan Jackson and James Bernard.